Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 24 of the KDH podcast. Today, I'm joined by Gary House. How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. No, it's no problem at all. So why I've got Gary on today, Gary's an ultra, uh, ultra runner and running coach. So um, the top of the topic of the podcast today is becoming a better runner. runner. Talking about Gary's experiences as a coach from his own experiences running, and we'll be diving deep into the world of running. So firstly, mate, what's your story and what do you do now, Gary? Um, like running wise, uh, you have to go way back, I guess. Like, like I, I keep, like I keep thinking back to when I started running, and I ran a bit in high school, but it wasn't. It was more just because I could get the afternoon off from yeah. from like lessons and stuff. And I used to think I was good at football and all this kind of things, but I was, I was lucky in a way that in my school I had a lot of talented footballers in my year. So they were off playing for like Everton and Liverpool and stuff like, and Aston Villa and places like this. And uh, so, so, so we used to do quite well. I was bang average though. I know now kind of thing. Um, but I just got took along with them. So it was football, football, football. And then, um, yeah, I remember one teacher just said to me, you're built like a, you're built like a distance runner. Uh, you, you should, you should try running. So that kind of, sparked off a thought of like right I'll try this cross-country running and threw myself into the cross-country running and I think yeah most people didn't want to be there but I saw it as a if I if you finish I think it was in the top seven you got to go somewhere else and I and I finished fourth (laughs) because I remember I finished fourth and I got the day off to go somewhere this is amazing (laughs) kind of thing and it always stuck with me that that one teacher said like you're built to be to be a distance runner so then fast forward a few years later football was like midweek Saturday league Sunday league like all the banter with the lads and all that kind of thing loved the football but yeah I was just I was just average at it I wasn't that good um yeah and this is I went up to about the age of 19 so I've not done any running from since I left high school or anything like that 1920 moved to Manchester um and I moved to Manchester to be a hairdresser so I had a friend who who, who was <laughs> he he ran a hairdressers, uh, and I just, just like dropped everything and just thought right I'm going to Manchester because I was like from a little like village town in North Wales I'm going to Manchester see what this is about because I hadn't been to uni or anything like that yeah and uh, yeah just just threw myself into that but I was skint like I was earning okay money before that. Um, yeah starting from scratch like in in my friend's like salon it was and it was just like at that age I just wanted to meet girls and and (laughs) I'm 36 now so hairdressing and men it's like quite normal isn't it but back then I was scared to tell the lads at football and stuff like this I didn't tell them for about six months until I was a proper hairdresser but I was (laughs) it sounds ridiculous now but yeah, just nobody did it back then. No, and, I don't. Um, I don't. I get it. Like, I'm not that. I just think it's just funny because yeah. you're saying you would have been hiding it as well. But no, it's funny. Yeah, that... I was going. To, I, what I was doing? I was living in Manchester. They like I was to, like to give you an idea. I'd gone from working in bars and cocktail bars, um, and I said I'm just going to Manchester to work there. This the friend that I'd met was through work through the cocktail bars. So yeah. my main group of friends didn't know him, and uh, he said, "Just come down and we'll get you started." like I never had to brush a floor or anything like that I was like like just straight on and they were teaching me the ropes and it was at Tony and Guy so if you know about hairdressing yeah yeah it was all right so yeah yeah but I was just skinned so I couldn't didn't know anyone in Manchester had no money um and I just 
but I used to I used to keep fit. I used to love sport and everything. Um, but the lads that I moved into this shared house with didn't know them either. So it's like, right, can't afford a gym, can't do that. What am I going to do? So I just started running down the canal. Um, so I had a pair of like Nike Air Max on, remember like the proper old yeah, ones, yeah. heavy things. A pair of Sunday League shorts and yeah, just like the old style, what the iPod kind of thing, wires yeah. everywhere. I thought I'm just going to be a, go for a run. I think I lasted about 15, 20 minutes because yeah, you just run at that, at that point. And I just remember an, old, an older guy coming the opposite way, flying down the canal. And I was just spent. I was like, fuck it. Sorry. Well, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is, I'm not a runner kind of thing. Sat on the bench and then walked home. And 20 minutes one way and walked home. And it's like, I play football three or four times a week up until that point. But it just became something to get out of that, get out of the house kind of thing. Um, and it, I just ran further and further down the canal. And, and like we were saying earlier before the call, it was like, I didn't have a watch or anything like that. It was just, I couldn't even tell you how you long. Just ran. Just running, yeah. And it was, and I could see that, and then I was kind of getting a bit fitter. Um, but I was also starting to drop some weight as well. So I'd gone from drinking three or four nights a week, just like party kind of drinking, and then to wanting to run more. But I wasn't eating properly. I didn't know anything about food back then. So I even ended up going down the line of going to a doctor because <laughs> my arse had just disappeared. Like, <laughs> again, I had no money. So it's just like my nickname in the house was Gary Tuna because I would get home, dried pasta, can of tuna, tomato sauce or whatever it was. And I thought that was me cooking. I think I'm living the dream. I'm living in Manchester. <laughs> I'm, cooking, <laughs> I'm running. But yeah, I was getting thin like. Um, and it wasn't, it was just for no reason. I didn't really know what I was that, like, didn't know anything about fuel in the body or anything. Didn't take anything with me on a run. I don't even think I would take water, just run until I couldn't run and then come home. That's what I used to do as well. I used to literally, like, we were talking about it right before on the call, but like, yeah. I think, I think now a lot of people do get into running and they're so caught up in the data. Like they're so caught yeah. up in their watches. They're so caught up in, oh, what's your 5k time on Strava? You're like, fucking just yeah. learn to run. Like just enjoy running. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And there was no, I'm trying to think back. There was Facebook, but probably like, like a, I'm not that old. I'm 36, but it wasn't like social media is now or anything. No, like it's not. You, I was going for that run. I wasn't updating my status at the end of the run or anything like that. It's like, if you're running, it's because you wanted to run for whatever reason it was. Yeah. And I met a girl, I met a girl, I came home for a friend's party and I met a girl at this party she was living in Leicester and um, yeah, and I was just <laughs> like, it sounds bad when you say it out loud now, but I was like, right, if I enter, I've never done a race, but I, I, I thought I'll do a race. I'll do this. Oh, there's a Leicester, there's the Leicester Marathon. So I did the half marathon, entered the Leicester half marathon because I thought if I go to Leicester, then I'm going to have to stay at her house, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was, so all this running down the canal and entering first race was just solely so I could stay at this girl's house. Like it sounds creepy now, but <laughs> <laughs> like I was 20 years old. So, and we'd been, we'd been on a few, like we'd met up a couple of times, but cause she was Leicester, I was Manchester. It was, it was, it, it was, was a like big leap going to stay over. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, 
it didn't I thought it would impress her and all that kind of thing did not I don't it didn't impress her obviously she just had to carry my bag when I couldn't walk at the end um but but yeah we, like I always say like now like we're married we've got two kids and and all that kind of thing so so it did pay off yeah no definitely <laughs> yeah. man um that was, so- the first, that was the first race yeah I was I was crap at it um yeah, I finished. I don't even know the time or anything like that. But back then, again, yeah, it was just all the old guys, short shorts a lot. Um, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. Had the old iPod on my arm running. and then. But what I did know is, as soon as I finished, I knew I could get better with it kind of thing. And, and yeah, and that shifted from just me messing around with it. And it just, like, I just wanted to get better at running um, from that point, really. I think one of the most amazing things is I've had my friend Adam on the podcast and Adam had a, a really, really uh, tough background with like he had a bad drug problem, a really bad mental health. And it was through something that had happened in his life really badly. And he went from being in this really, really bad place. Two years later, he ran round the Isle of Arran, which is 56 miles. He'd done that yeah. two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And that was from absolutely zero to hero. And I think that's the amazing thing about fitness and and specifically running as well is the fact that you you can actually achieve so much very quickly. Yeah. But I think like there's so many things that come into it. But with running, I think as well is at, when you were talking about when you were at school and you used to watch people cross country, I didn't respect running when I was younger the way that I do now. I totally like yeah. some people look at runners and you were talking about like the, the average ultra runner isn't going to be fucking big. The biggest ultra runner you see is like David Goggins and he's just an anomaly. Um, yeah. And they're not genuinely like that. And I think a lot of people see these smaller people and you're like, you don't realize the grit that someone doing that, like not until you have ran, say like even doing like you've endured a, a sub 25K or a sub 20, 40, yeah. a, a sub 40, 10K, you understand that grit that goes into running. And then you do that in a tenfold for like an ultra marathon. And then you see people doing that like we were talking about there, the West Highland Way race. You hear people doing it in like 13 hours and you're like, what the fuck? How is that even? And you don't you don't understand the the level of grit and conditioning that goes into that. And I think with running, a lot of people like do you know what I mean? Like like everyone doing an event is there to do the same thing. They're there to do the best they can. They're there to try and win it if possible. And the thing that I always respect is the work that goes into it. I'm always thinking about like oh, someone just done a, a really really fast Ironman or someone done a really really fast the West Highland Way. You understand that that's like ten years, fifteen years of getting to that point it wasn't just the day it's you respect the process and I think from someone like I'm, I'm not like I love running but like I'm not like I wouldn't be like oh I'm absolutely amazing at it like but I, I think it's I think the thing that I respect so much about it is the work that goes into it and um, was that like so from that point your journey to now like obviously that was a bit of an insight there so you're obviously a running coach now tell us a bit about that Gary what's the script with that yeah um it's and it started like <laughs> the first couple of people that wanted help coaching just like I just didn't want to do it to be honest and again I was still when I first started coaching people I was I was actually still still hairdressing um and I wasn't doing that very long but then I was known as the lad that ran so I was like doing some more races did some ultra marathons things like this um but again still it wasn't like social media wasn't massive then so it was just it, it was just close friends or like people in the salon I was helping out running right so but but then it, it was a bit of a mindset shift so I'd gone for like I could, you couldn't do both what I loved like you were saying is like 
the more you run, you can see the progression. I could see myself getting fitter. I was getting better at it, and getting some, and then I start getting some results in in a short space of time. So, so then I was like, right, I don't want to go out for this drink at the weekend. I don't want to go out partying for three nights on the run and stuff like this. So the running lifestyle was starting to pull me away from like the old lifestyle. Um, and and I kind of got lucky with a bit of an opportunity. So I, I got made redundant. Actually. I got made redundant. So I had time, I had a bit of money. And so I went off and did like just some qualifications. Uh, I did the old style kind of, I think it took me three months to get a personal trainer qualification and things like this. So I get into a gym and start training um, and, and just learn, learn on the floor more than anything. Yeah, I was employed in a gym. So it wasn't like the old self-employed just yeah, speak to as many people as you can and grab them. It was, I was learning and it was in an old yeah. school, old school strength gym, little private gym. So I learned really quick there, but it was really good because it was me, a, a lady that worked there as a personal trainer and a semi-professional rugby lad. So anyone remotely interested in running was just with me. Anyone that wanted yeah. to get big yeah. was with Rob the rugby lad <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. So, but again, it was, it was in the gym. And then I started coaching and it would just be um, just because I'd spent so much time, like like in five years time of me doing this kind of thing, I was just l- learning what I could about running because I was just, it, it's not addicted. I was just obsessed with it all. I felt like I'd missed out a bit like you. I wasn't interested in running when I was younger. Didn't respect it or anything. It was like something that the geeky lads did. Yeah. When, when I was playing football. But then, yeah, I was like, reading the books, doing doing the courses and things like this. So by the time I got in front of people, I got a bit of a head start. Yeah. Um, I think what you were, ex- you were explaining, sorry for interrupting me, what you were explaining there was you had that change in identity um, where, yeah. and a lot of people struggle with that. The other way where people will be able to relate to that is now that the social norm is to go out and get pissed every single weekend. The social norm is to go like, to not do it X, Y, and Z. And I think yeah. like why a lot of people are scared of making the leap from maybe trying to better themselves, getting into running is because they're scared of jeopardizing their identity. But I love when you see that changeover in someone where the, the gym becomes part of them, running becomes part of them and they start doing it. They invest more time into it. They invest more money. They start buying better equipment. They start putting time aside. They prioritize that. And I think that transitions, like I was talking about this to one of my friends the other day and we were saying with another coach, we were saying that, before like when at my old job when i left the forces it was like my identity was someone that was in the military and then yeah. i felt a bit lost when i left and now my identity is a coach but that journey almost to... like that identity is almost like forced on you isn't it yeah and then like all like, of a sudden enjoying, like... your or enjoying your life in the military or whatever um but yeah for everyone else you're just seen as that seen, person seen and, it, and it can yeah. be quite it can be quite distressing when you lose that and you don't really know what to do and I think like, and then like, one of the things as well, that, why I follow Gary was um, his social media presence is really good. It's funny. It's humorous. And in the running world, there's not many people that do that. Like, like the sort of yeah. profiles that are like, not saying like, oh, mine's just the funniest, but like you see a lot of personal trainers that are trying to, it's, it's a tough game to do well in because there's so many people doing it. There's so many people doing so well. Um, and there's a lot of people doing like, do you know what I mean, in their own right, doing really well in the running world. But like just having that presence so there's that like do you know what I mean like I see this all the time like if people aren't like doing some sort of if someone's good at something and they're not blogging about it they're missing out big time 
Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you could, because there's always a crowd of people, and especially, yeah. like, because I put a post up on my social media about running, and the engagement it gets is always great. Like, every single yeah. time I put one about running, or because it's like a lot of people don't talk about it because they don't know it's like taboo. It's like the way if you rewind back 10 years ago with nutrition, it's nowhere near where it's at right now. But in another 10 years, there'll be personal trainers that are giving out solid basic advice on running that you would be like that. There's not enough people doing this right now, but in 10 years, there'll be more people doing that. But that's just the way that things go. Um, so yeah, and, and what's your like run short? Is it fully online coaching that you do or do you do like a one-to-one or a group training? Or oh, Well, it's it's all online now. So like, like I said, I started in the gym and then, then I, moved, like, I was just coaching people one-to-one. I was essentially a personal trainer that worked with runners. Um, but, I, but at the same time, I quite quickly knew this isn't going to last that long because like, I wanted to be outside and stuff. Uh, so I started a group training outside. It's like, um, yeah, so it was essentially like a local group. Um, and we got to like, if you, if you think this was half the problem, because I dealt with running clubs and things before, and the, and and whereas my group grew it to 200 paying members locally and the local running club that was essentially free only had 100 members and kind of thing so that so it's like they're doing they're essentially doing something wrong kind of thing because yeah they those people should be able to go and join a running club but i knew that there was like instead of teach trying to teach what you'd say is good club runners and above that kind of thing. I just took the same running skills and, and taught complete beginners, people that were like over 30s, well, it was mainly women at that point, um, just wanted to lose weight and, and typical gym goers, but wanted to be outside. Wanted so to be fat as well. Yeah, and there wasn't, there wasn't that much running involved. We ran, there was like six sessions and two of the sessions was running one was like a kettlebell session. One was technique and movement, things like this. So straight away, there was no pressure. Um, and that obviously that went really well. I have like, I've been involved with a guy that's just helped me with the business since this, I gave him like my last hundred quid um, kind of thing. And, and so I've stayed with him ever since, like how to market it and things like that. Cause yeah. I've just got no idea. Um, so like my, so I've been in the gym industry, did the personal training thing. So when it was when it was running, it was it's almost like like you say, personal training and things. It's a lot more competitive, and everyone's like kind of there's a similarities in what everyone's doing and stuff. And and running's the same, but if you've crossed over from a different, almost like a different sector, it's it's not that difficult to see where everyone's yeah. going wrong. Yeah, um, and that's yeah, just yeah. what happened. But again, it's like two hundred members locally. It's like well, where am I going to go from here? I can't be doing this until I'm sixty. Um, and, and yeah, I was it just turned into online because I helped two or three people in that local group. Um, and then I was helping 10 of them. And then it was like, well, if I'm helping you 10, then does anyone else want help? But it was then from people outside of the local area. So then my marketing shifted from just local area to, to wider things. And, and yeah, it just grew from there until it, until it outweighed the local group. So now I just volunteer for them and do, do a run with them once a week. But all the people that were in there, were they, they're in my like online training club. That's all yeah. it is, really. I think it gives, you yeah. great conf- it gives you great confidence. Like you were saying one of the things, the best way to learn is actually teaching. Like one of the best <laughs> ways to learn yourself is teach other people it um, because you do pick up things because you're constantly talking about it. You're trying to gain more but i think which is such a confidence booster is when you probably had those 200 people there you're like 
I'm doing something right. Do you know what I mean? Like when I'm yeah. like, and, and it's it like you're teaching in a group, but I I worry about people that jump straight into online training kind of thing, whether it's running, personal training, yeah, even nutrition, anything like that. Because for me, having the hours and hours and hours of face-to-face contact and learning about people and learning yeah. about coaching, that's essentially all I do now in Zoom calls and group things. Yeah. But but it's online. Whereas if I went um I can't imagine what it'd be like if I just qualified and went straight trying to do this online. Yeah, it's it just, too like I think you're starting to see more personal trainers do that now and it's the their service is going to be diluted, man. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be yeah they're not going to know that like in a gym, you know that say for example, you wouldn't put dumbbells in the evening for a female that's never been in the gym before because you know that the dumbbell back's going to be heaving at night time but like a brand new personal trainer that's never done anything is not going to know that like simple things you know that for the best part you tell 100 people to track their calories probably about 70% of them aren't going to do it like you you know that and it's and you know that, that if someone isn't getting results it's normal all these things that you can't really teach someone is things that like you just need you need to learn it and I think that's as it's a good it's it's one of those things that things just things just grow arms and legs sometimes don't they and the more you put into it consistency is an amazing tool and all of a sudden you're like you start off like you said you start off running because you're trying to fucking go and stay at a girl's house and all of a sudden you've yeah. got 200 people then all of a sudden you're going i'll take this online and things just yeah. compound and you're like jesus christ but the, what's the key the key is consistency the fact that you were relentlessly just showing yeah. up and it just grows um, and so it's speak to me now it's like I think it's, it's it, like I've been lucky that like my results got better and sometimes that matters but also it's like I when I first started the coaching and the, and the training and stuff like that I hadn't didn't have the results that to just walk in there whereas again you'll see it's it's like the personal training version of just like this guy with the six-pack top half just assumes that he can coach everyone and it's not that they can't but a lot of the time that's not the way in it's the yeah. same as in running there's lots of people that I just do runners. running they win races and things like that and then they can just they, they just walk into coaching and and sometimes it works but a lot of the time they struggle where so i've got a, but then luckily again like my results got better and better and better and that, it, it has affected it um positively as well but but yeah it's like the coaching thing now, it's just got to the point where it's, I can enjoy it. It's at home. Like I've got the family and kids and everything. It's like, you'll know what it's like. You're like, I'm sure like the bit, the boot camp thing. I loved being, that's what I miss. I do miss being Exposure. in the group. Yeah. But I just don't miss, I don't miss the half six morning kind of yeah. thing, getting up and doing that kind of thing. But then, but then I did that for like seven years. So I feel almost feel like I paid the due there kind of thing. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, that's, I talked to, I, I train a few PTs and I give them tips for like building the business and stuff. And I was like saying that yeah. like initially you do have to go through a bit of grit. Like you do yeah. have to, you have to have long days and stuff. And even still I have long days. I've got a long day. I've got like a 13 hour day today, but yeah. I don't see, because I've got the balance right. I don't take coaching over the weekend and I don't, I think I choose the off. It doesn't feel yeah it feels effortless because of that because i know i've got the balance right a bit more but um yeah, yeah like so talking about about like events and that mate like what sort of events have you done and like you you kind of well obviously a lot of events have been cancelled what's the sort of <laughs> events do you usually do and what's like some of the hardest stuff that you've done it's always interesting to hear that yeah um 
like I'm not a road runner. I think I've done th three, no, four road races in my life. So it's all trail and mountain and ultra running. Um, and, and in short, the further the distance or the longer the race, I do better at. So people will say like, oh, I, I prefer them or anything. It's like, it's, it's just that I'm better at that, like <laughs> genetically or whatever you want to say, my makeup is better. So like, I've, I've been managed to win 24 hour races, win these mountain races where I'm never going to win a, a, a good level 10K. So it's a bit like, it's the old thing, like your rugby players are rugby players because they're big, aren't they? They're like your, your sport chooses you. And then yeah, I like that yeah, rather than you choosing your sport. And then within that sport, then you can even get even more niche, can't you? So yeah. I'm never yeah. going to be an Olympic marathon runner. And that's, I just remember I, I entered a 24 hour race for, cha for a charity, a local charity. And, and it was pure naivety. I think I finished fourth. Um, like how far can you run in 24 hours on a 10 K loop kind of thing? Um, finished fourth. Whereas I, like not that long ago, ran a race that was like 25 miles and finished about 50th. So naturally you're going to think, well, I'm going to go and do more of this. And that's yeah. just, just the way it went really. So, um, yeah, so my best results are in, have been in those, but I do anything in the in the mountains, really. So yeah, like that's we were just chatting before this as well. Like any other where I'm from is actually pretty flat. A lot of people, I always yeah. it's not in a, not in a patronising way, but you probably do this as well. It's like maybe someone's going, oh, that big hill, and they're talking about like a fucking I don't know, like a street that's got an incline on it, and you're like, that's not a hill. Yeah, that's not a hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, should, you have to get used to it quick because I'll give people like three minute hill rest. And and I'll and it'll come back because I haven't got a three minute hill. I'm like, where do you yeah. live? Yeah, <laughs> no, like see see around here. My I coach without there being a three minute hill. <laughs> yeah, my my coach um, recently gave me a. It was I think it was yeah three minute hill reps. It was like three minutes on the way up, and then it was like four minutes on yeah. the way down, some of that. And um, I was literally I had to go to drive to what the one area that I knew I could go to. It was the Donald Hill. <laughs> Because yeah. it's so it's so flat around here, and I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, that's hill training. I'm like, no, going out on hills is literally like running up. Like you're you're in a lot of discomfort, and I think for anyone that doesn't know that the difference between road and trail is that trail is out on trails on the grass in fields through mud. Like trail runs are a total different ball game from yeah um, different sports. Yeah, um, see, I remember when I went my first trail run, and it was like it was only like I started done done a bit of trails when I was in the fall season. When I was running out in Cyprus and stuff, like just on one time, I just went out in the cliffs and ran about there and stuff. It was good. Fuck yeah. it, no watch on, blistering hot heat, <laughs> no water, just out running on the cliffs myself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. the, it was amazing. But then I remember like started when I started doing it here. And I went to like um, the Donald Trails running about, and I was like, "This is like an adventure. This is totally yeah. road running. Yeah. Like you're looking at a road, you're you're hammering the tarmac. It's it's quite mundane sometimes. I'm not saying it's always, but if you just go out a big, whereas a big run in the road, it's it's not quite the same experience as going out a big run in the trails. Like you're just like, oh, what's coming up next? You run through a quarry, you run through, run past a lock. Like you run. Like, this is brilliant. Whereas the road run can be a bit like the same." Do you know I mean, especially if you get no actual speed goal or distance goal and you're just going out to run. Yeah. It's and I get why people get addicted on want to get better at road running because they can see the times progressing and things like this. Yeah. If you really, if that's your mindset, then it's difficult to go into the trails because it doesn't mean anything. What, how fast you go in per mile just doesn't mean anything a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, like you said, yeah, like I, 
the first couple of times I remember moving back to the area and I'd gone from running the canals and I just started running in the hills here and every run that you would find somewhere different and then like the fitter you get the stronger you get it's like well I can go a bit further or I can when you go on holiday there's like but you probably know this from traveling around but like you'd land somewhere new and you think like i can just go and run for an hour and have a look around yeah something like that that's like i remember there's some things that you would just never ever see if you if you if you weren't able to run basically yeah Um, and i think that that rubbed off on me from a young age even when i used to i used to i got into running with my uncle when i was like 13 and it was just running 10ks nothing fast like i wasn't like an athletic person and it did teach me that, like, because even now, mate, I try and get people to go out walk sometimes, and they're looking at you like you've just slapped yeah. the grand. Like, you're like, go yeah. out for it. They'll try to lose weight, and you're like, you need to go out and walk. And they're looking at you like, where would I go walk? Because it's just so unnatural. And I think just yeah. from a young age, because I did go out and just run, like, when I was at a different base, I might be like, oh, I'm just going to go a run tonight. Like, maybe I'd be away on a, I don't know, a course or something. I'd be like, I'm going to go out for a run tonight in an area mm. in England. I don't know. I'm just going to go out and run four miles, five miles, whatever. And then yeah. it just gives you that confidence to do it because that's a, a thing that a lot of people do when they run is they, I put up a post about this last week. People just go out and run the same run all the time. Mm. They do, I'm trying to get a better 5k. What are you doing? I'm running the same 5k route four times a week. Yeah. And you're like, ah, yeah. right, you need to change. You need, you can't, it's not that you're going to need to shock it, but you don't realize that you're actually in your head. You're actually building such barriers because you know exactly at what mile where you'll be you know exactly where the slight gradient is you know exactly where you died on the last run you know you're going to do it again and people just do that same thing whereas i think that the being in the gym there's a big big obviously fitness is massively mental but with running the the mental aspect of it is like crazy like it's and and when i'm coaching people to help improve their running i tell them these things i go right go and change your route right go out like don't keep doing the same habits that you're doing because you're actually you're turning a mountain, a molehill into a mountain here. You're actually, yeah. you're literally making something bigger than it needs to be. Um, and you'll probably be able to resonate with that as well with so many people yeah. on a much there's larger scale than me. It was like, there's a guy, Nigel, who went from, he was like early fifties or something. And, and he, he had a big wake up call, wanted to change his life. And he read like um, the chimp paradox and all this That's kind of book. stuff. Yeah. So he shifted from, so yeah, he, he knew he needed to do something basically. Um, but he used to go out at night to a Morrison's by here, Morrison's, well, not by here, but not far away, uh, at night in the car park and just run. And he, and he couldn't break the mile barrier. Um, and this, is, this was before he, he came to me. And then he came to me um, and he was like, I've been doing this for about six weeks. I keep trying to, I just want to run a mile. That was all he wanted to do, yeah. And he would go in the night because he didn't want people to see him. He's quite a big guy. He's like six foot three, um, overweight, all that kind of thing. And, and I was like, right, go and just run it in the opposite direction. And, it, and, he, and, he, and he, yeah, he ran way more than a mile. And like you say, it was that crazy, crazy bit of like, he started with, a, I think he started with the hill at the beginning rather than the end. It was yeah. just a different route. And it's then crazy. and since in within twelve months he'd done the Lakeland fifty, which is fifty miles around the Lake District. Um, and it's and it, and then obviously and he and but he'll he'll think back to that that mile thing and he can always he can always use that then. There's all these little things along the way that he, that you'll pick up and you'll and you'll remember. And whether it's within your first mile, your first ten K or ultra or whatever it is. Um 
it, like it's people are too scared of failing i think they're too scared yeah. of getting it wrong and too scared of being slow too scared of everyone looking at them it's all the same things that you people are scared of going in the gym it's all the same issues people have. Yeah, um, I think this is people. Yeah. People manifest these ideas in their head, and they just make them so much bigger than what they need to be. And I think, like mm-hmm. the the thing I really seen this with was couch to five k. So obviously, the goal was to be able to run the five k unbroken. So before they've even, yeah. it's like someone like when they're trying to lose weight and they've previously lost a stone and they're trying to lose the same stone. They've gamified the full thing, and they're focusing on the how and the when and the what, and they've lost sight of the why. Like you need to say to someone, well, what do you want to do? Like, well, I want to do couch to 5K. Why? Because I want to lose weight, right? There's good intentions there. You're like, right, but why do you want to do it? Oh, well, I feel pretty lethargic. You know, why? Why? And you keep digging that why. And it's like, well, I want to be in the shape of my life for my children. I feel like I'm out of breath and I'm walking. And then when people change from that mindset, from the, I just want to do this, it's a complete change in mindset because people do get fixated on things like, the distance and stuff and they're like i can't do that and the amount of people that they know at the end of couch to 5k after eight weeks they're going to have to run an unbroken 5k and that is in their head the full time and i think it works really well for some people but for some people that operate away whether they just get fixated on numbers they never ever do it because we used to because couch 5k is great it's great in theory and everything but like you say it is it's almost like there's a lot of people that struggle with it as well so i remember we always used to do this thing with it when i coached the groups it'd be like right it's it was the opposite so anyone that's worried about this 5k thing used to come to me for a session and then we would all walk 5k so we walked 5k because it's a bit of that you know like the fear of the unknown kind of thing it's like 5k isn't actually that long if you walk it um so we would walk the 5k on session one. There wasn't this one, one, one minute, walk one minute. It's like, right, let's walk fast if you can, or just, just walk 5k. Right, well, you've done your 5k now. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like, what do you mean? Well, you've done your 5k. So let's just, everything else from now is, is, is like progress, isn't it? Yeah. And it almost yeah. takes the pressure off. Like, it's just, yeah. it used to be the same with 10k's. People they would, they would be training quite consistently. I, you know that they're capable of running 10K. Like, there's not that many people that aren't because you just add walks in, yeah? It's yeah. still the same thing because anyone that tells you up to 100 miles, anyone that tells you that they're running every step of a 100-mile race is lying or they've come first or second maybe, yeah? Even, yeah. even that's a stop or two. So it's like, right, if you're planning on walking, let's just walk some of it. Definitely. Now, get that out of the way, and then you're done. <laughs> I was uh, last when I done my first uh, proper trail event last year. I done Glen Tray half marathon, and yeah. uh, the it's a good half. You done that one before the Glen Tray? No, 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 it's no. good, man. It's really tough. It's like a, it's. I think I, I've done it twice now, and like, both times I've went into it. I've not been properly trained up to the elevation. I just go. I'm good at. I'm good at grinding through it, and I got a yeah. good time and all that. A decent time. Like um, this year, I done it. I think I was like. I was in the top 100 or something like it was okay it yeah. was good and there was about 800 people doing it so I was happy with that like, um and when I done it um like the first time I done it I thought you had to run the entire trail run like I just yeah. thought that like if you stopped yeah. it was like stopping on a road run and I was just pure gritting through but then this year I done it it was worse conditions I was walking when I needed to but I was running more effectively and I done it faster yeah, yeah. like it, it was yeah. 
a lot of the races like I'm in the, in the mountains and stuff and and there's like at the top at the top end it's funny because um if you if you look at it the mid pack of in a mountain race will often run up the hills especially at the beginning say in the first third of a race they'll run up the the big hills faster than the than us at the front and and that's because they're trying to either catch up or keep up and things like that uh so, so it's they, they completely overestimate what they should be doing on yeah. on the steep climbs and stuff and the most of the time like if i'm in a big race like that you're you're essentially hiking up straight away yeah definitely like you said so you can like if running is what <laughs> running is what you're good at you use that to your advantage and you want to be able to run the runnable bits yeah um, i think yeah. one of the the things with it as well was like it's taught me a lot like mentally how to push myself but it's really taught me i do a lot of conditioning work in the gym and stuff like crossfit style yeah. training that and it's really taught me how to work at my threshold like I, I know exactly where my threshold is like i know and i was explaining this to clients when i give them like a a program and it's maybe got threshold runs in it where i'm like you need to be at your threshold They're like what's my threshold i'm like the bit that you can only run at that speed for the set of time that i give you to run at and they're like, yeah. well, how do I know that? And I'm like, because you just need to get good at learning it because that's the difference between working anaerobically yeah. and aerobically. And uh, a lot of people, why they, they get a bad experience running is because they go out to run a 5K and anaerobic pace. And that's why they have a bad scarred experience from running because yeah. they're like, what was your first ever 5K like? Well, I didn't train for it. I went out, I done it in 27 minutes. You're like, oh, that's pretty fast for like someone that's never done that. Yeah, I was dying the full way. And you're like, yeah, you were probably at your fucking limit. Like, mm. and you shouldn't be doing that. And I think it's a bit of a spectrum, isn't it? You can't just say that, because me or you could go out and run a, a very hard 5K anaerobic threshold and run a decent time. But someone mm. else's anaerobic threshold isn't going to be the same as someone. And I think people can't get their head around this way running because they're like, they can't see your heart and lungs. Whereas you can see muscles in a t-shirt. I mean, you can see, whereas folk just don't get miles in the legs and, and your, a, a good conditioned heart and lungs. And I think that's something people need to come to terms with when they run as well, is just slowing down, being able to build up miles. I always have this thing where it's like people, I would say people overestimate what they can do in the short term and then they underestimate what they can do in the long term. Yeah, definitely. So in, in, especially with running and it's and it comes to that, like, yeah, you, you go for that run and a lot of people will be anaerobic straight away just because they've never ran before. Or they haven't run yeah. for a long time since they were a kid. And then they get to that bench and they sit down and it's like, and it's a horrible experience. So, yeah. so you, you've got two options, really. You've got, right, let's try that again. And you either do the walk, run, walk, run, that kind of thing. Or you just accept that it's going to be tough. But yeah, you're right. It's like too many people miss the simple stuff. It's just just slow down if you ran for five minutes and then had to stop you honestly had to stop then that means you have like most people should be able to walk for 30 minutes shouldn't they yeah, yeah so it's not run or nothing let's keep getting out for that 30 minutes and and but you just just start walking walk a bit faster and then definitely and you're ready to run, add run bits do that you yeah. don't have to it's not run or nothing that's like that's one of the hardest things to get across to people yeah and um i had a i've had a few clients like this year where i've been training them up well i trained a lot of people to do i've done a half marathon route in place of the glasgow half that got cancelled yeah and um i think there was about 15 people that done it and a lot of them i gave like programs advice and stuff and there was people comparing themselves to like other runs and i'm like you can't yeah. compare your run to someone else's run <laughs> i was like i was like yeah. 
it's not that I get it in the gym. It's like, I do get it. I don't condone it when people do it in the gym. They're looking at someone else going, look at the shape of that guy or that girl. And you're like, yeah, but they've been training for X amount of years. But when those people saying, oh, look at my three mile time versus your three mile time, you're like, number one, I'm like, maybe you're a good bit taller. Maybe your strides better. Maybe you've, you've got a bigger athletic background. You've got a really good engine. You're like, you can't compare your run mm-hmm. to someone else's run. That's just like, yeah. it's a, it's a big, it's, it's, it's because it's like a performance based thing. Um, a lot of it is, it, it's human nature to compare against each other though, isn't it? So yeah. a lot of it is like, well, right. If you're going to compare, let's compare the, compare the bits that really matter. It's like, right. How did you feel? And stuff like this. Like if, when, when they leave notes for me on the run, when they do, I don't care how fast they went. It's not that I don't care, but it's like, how did you feel during that run kind of thing? And it's yes. Because the person that ran quicker than you might feel absolutely miserable. You don't know how they feel. So like, how is that run making you feel? And it's a lot of it is just like the, the people in my club, they're not, there are people that are really talented and work hard and stuff like that. But a lot of it is about confidence, feeling better and stuff like that. So it's Definitely. like, what are the metrics that really matter when you're getting out for this run? If you run, like you say, if you, if you, if you compare yourself to Gary for five times and you keep trying to beat that time, and then you go and beat it. Like, what is, what is the outcome from that kind of thing? It's like you, <laughs> you won't be happy. So like you were saying about the why and stuff, like even in, during the run, it's like, what outcome do you want from this run? If you've had a shit day and you've had a stressful day at work, it's like the outcome is you want to feel better at the end of the run, isn't it? It's not I want to feel like shit because Doris down there has ran faster than me. Yeah. Um, and then, so a lot of it is that just changing the way they're thinking about the running, about the comparison it's thing. Just mindset, isn't it? Like it's just this, it's, it's a word that gets thrown about by coaches, but like yeah. it's, it's something that you have to work on so hard with so many people with nutrition, with training performance, with muscle gain, with fat loss, with running. And you're like, you're trying to explain to them that it's their journey and no one else's. And I think yeah. like it's something that I've never really struck at. It's not that I do it now, but the, the more comparison I do now would be to do with my business versus another personal trainer. That's maybe doing pretty well. And like, yeah. I thought, I aspire rather than like go, Oh, I wish I was doing with them. I look at what yeah. they're doing and I go, ah, right, what tools did they use? Or were they done this course? Well, they were consistent here or they posted content every day and look what yeah. I, I think about that. But like, I have never really been someone that, that looked at other people and went, God, I wish I looked like them. And I've, I've been quite lucky yeah. to have that. Like, but I think now, like I've done a video on this recently, like, comparison is the fee for joy and i think so many people are just comparing themselves to other people and you're like stop it stop doing this because you it's just holding you back so much yeah. you, you uh, wake up what's the thing is like you you, won't, you can't like i said you can, it's difficult you can't stop people doing it it's just you have to change the, the reframe what they're thinking about it it's like you do you think bit, sometimes as a coach you end up becoming like you feel like you're a bit of a teacher sometimes giving people into trouble for the wording well, they say things like, well, I don't want yeah. I mean, like, you, like you've seen the videos and things. I think a lot of people that end up in my group, it's quite good because I can just speak how I want to be. And it's not that some people will need to be spoken to differently and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But like, like this year, especially when everything got shut down and everything the first time round, like the group just turned into something else. It was, it was like rather than one big pity party, it was almost my job to to basically make them feel better and things like that. Yeah. It wasn't, it was less to do with the running and it was more, like that you say, exactly, mindset exactly thing does get bounded around too much. It's like, 
a little bit. It's only like if if you're a coach, like your personal trainer in the gym. So all those hundreds and hundreds of hours that you've spent with people, that is like you can't tell me that that's worth less than the person that's got a degree in fucking life coaching or whatever. Yeah, because it's not the same thing. Yeah. You've gone. You you've spoken to hundreds of clients you've dealt through hundreds of different versions of a person and and hopefully help them kind of thing um and ultimately they people just want to feel happy don't they it's like when it was weight loss when it's nutrition whether it's getting bigger in the gym they just want to feel happier a lot of the time everyone's everyone outside is <laughs> walking around fucking miserable so if you can feel a bit happier that's the way to go it's not Yes, if you run a bit faster, it might make you feel a bit happier. Yes, if you upload your run to Strava and you get a load of kudos, it'll it'll make you feel happier, but not not long term, is it? Yeah, so. that's my goal now as a coach is like, um, it's it's to build people up physically, like get them fit, get them strong. But my big thing is mindset, and I want people to walk if they come to my boot camp and they're there for their session i want them to walk away feeling uplifted i want them to yeah. walk away from a session like they've they've learned something that yeah. they have they walk away and they feel like they've maybe had a bit of a shit day a shit week and they walk away from that feeling so much better and i think yeah. like when you start off as a coach no one explains these things to you then all of a sudden you feel like that's what obviously like i'm not saying you forget about your job as your bread and butter as whatever it is yours is running coaching but at the end of the day coaching doesn't just stop at counting reps or counting a timer or hope no. clicking stop it it goes beyond that it's 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 letting someone know that it's all right to to feel the way they are i said to a client yeah. today i was like any thought you've ever thought of has been thought of by someone else before so don't worry about it you know what i mean yeah. and like it's it's so depends true <laughs> what's that depends who you're talking to yeah i know i know some psychopath <laughs> like what you do get to like you'll get good at reading people yeah if you've yeah. Got success, anyone that's got a successful call it boot camp group train whatever that i'm they're probably good at reading people like you'll know when the, when the group is you know when the group's a little bit down and whatever so you might be keep it but more like or you might if you're coaching someone a bit more like one-to-one in the gym and you can just instantly tell that they've had a shit day at work you're probably not going to be that personal trainer that's shouting at them, fucking one more, come on. But you're yeah. just going to be a little bit kinder to them that day kind of yeah. thing. And, and all this kind of stuff. I think that's the good part of coaching. Um, it's like, I'm quite honest with a lot of people in the group. It's like the, the, the sessions that I set and all that kind of thing it is important. But the fact that you can be honest with me that and kind of thing that, oh, I didn't do it or I did something different or I went out and did that race or I've, I've ate like a thousand calories over my limit every day for a week. If you can tell me all that stuff, then I can help you. If if it's if it's like a scarcity training coaching, it's not. It doesn't work, does it? Yeah, I know, and I think that's what a lot of a lot of people do sometimes. And I think I'm brutally honest with my clients, and I, I mm. like that approach. Like I'm totally, I will tell them if they're wasting their time. Like I will tell them, I'll be like, don't do yeah. that. Like just don't, and not in a patronizing way. I'll just, they'll tell me something or that maybe that they've been doing or maybe like, it's like that wee thing where like you've got like someone that's got like their normal brain and they've got the wee idiot brain and they think they know better. And it's not saying that we are know-alls that know everything. Of course we don't, we're always learning, but there's certain things that we can genuinely go, don't do that. You're literally, and it's maybe stuff in the gym where someone's doing, they've been programmed to do chest day, back day, 
leg day, right? And you're going, right, why don't you do this, this, this? And you're telling them the principles behind it, but they're going like that in their head. This is what I've done before. And they're continually doing it, not seeing pro. It's because that wee bit of the, the idiot brain is like, I'll just do this. I'll just ignore what, like, what my coach has told me there. And I'm just going to do this. And I think like, it's as a coach, it's important to be able to call out that idiot brain and be like, stop that. You're wasting your time here. Like you're, you're not like, I've seen this so many times. I've done it myself. And I think yeah. that's one that I like doing now. And I think that's something you can't, you can't be taught that stuff. You need to pick that up through experience and stuff, like as we were saying there. And it's all these things that we were talking about. Like imagine trying to set up an, on a successful online coaching business and you've never experienced any of these things. It's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. It's, it's, it's quite, it's, hats off to anyone that can do it, but you're going to be like confused a lot because I was confused my first full year of actual coaching in the gym floor. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like you say, when, you, when you're first on the gym floor, you're comparing yourself to other trainers and stuff, aren't you? Looking at what they're doing and things like that, and there's, you've got someone doing you're a one-legged one squat on a upside BOSU or something. Like, maybe I should be doing that, and you start yeah. doubting yourself and stuff like that. But it's like, but then you forget that the, the people that are with you or whatever, they're not, they're not looking over there or whatever. Yeah. So you're telling people well, you shouldn't be comparing yourself and things like this, yeah. but... Then you'll we'll do it, yeah. it. We'll do it. And then, so yeah, it's just about. I think. A lot I think what's more worrying, Gary, is when you see people doing that that have been a personal trainer for ten years and they're doing the split squat, yeah. bow bone. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I always say it's like there's nothing. Like I can't. Like there's nothing wrong with seeing it once. Yeah, because I've done it. Like I've, yeah, I've done it as well. I've done it. Like I went through the functional training space. I went through. I've done everything. I went through trying to like thinking foam rollers were the, were the amazing bit. I've done, it, I've done all those mistakes, what I can call them now. It's more like, like you say, <laughs> you're still doing it 10 years on, then, then yeah, you, you just haven't, you haven't developed, have you? No, and I, that's, I think if you can't look back at yourself a year ago and like laugh at something you were doing, yeah. like you've not done enough self-development at all. And whether yeah. that self-development being picking up a book or taking advice from someone else, but I think now people are just so so tight on taking advice and i think you get it i get it as well like i've got like inertia there's a lot of personal trainers that are just devaluing personal training and people are like my clients will say it to me they'll go like because i'll charge like a normal premium rate of someone of my experience of what like i'm not undercutting my like i I do this for a living and and people go oh there's someone from a work telling me to go to someone else because they're half the price and i'm like it just it's just so annoying when people start comparing things off of price and cost and all that. And it just, it dilutes the service. But I tell you what, the person that's charging half price for personal training, they will fill their diary very quickly, but they'll be resentful of doing all these hours and getting paid half of what the person that's doing, Mm -hmm. not as much as what they're doing, but getting paid double. It's just, people don't get that. It's not, it's just, it's that all or nothing, short-term, quick fix. They're not looking at the bigger picture. They're not looking at like how to become like how to be successful in that area. And you see it all the time. I always, I think business comparisons are really good for just life in general because so many like you, you'll know all this stuff from having a mentor, having a business coach, same as me. You just know that don't waste your time with certain things. And it's the same with like fitness, same with nutrition. People are doing all these things and they're forgetting that they are the low tier budget shit. See people that, you get people that come to me and they're like, right, I want to build a physique and maybe they've been going to classes, spin, whatever. And mm-hmm. I've had it in the past. I've got a lot better at explaining it now, so this doesn't happen at much. But initially, I wasn't as good as explaining the importance of resistance training 
and they would come, you would see them uncomfortable, you would give them a program and you would maybe see them in all night in the gym and they were in a spin class and you're sitting going, what? It's the idiot brain is telling them to go to the spin class. And you're like, stop going to the spin class. It's not that spin's not good. I'm saying that, but they've came to you for advice to do it, but people are slipping back to these old yeah. ways. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's the same. Like, something that's like, yeah, like with spinning and stuff, it's kind of, people will ask me, what should I do to compliment my running and all this thing? And, and they're, oh, they'll say, I'm doing my Run. spinning, I'm doing my this. <laughs> And like people, people get offended and get their back up when I say, well, you can cut that shit for a start. It's like, you're only running three times a week. Yeah. So why don't we try running four times a week? And I'm like, well, well, what about my, what about my spin? There's a good example. It's like, but you, like, how much do you enjoy your spin class? And I'll say, well, not that much. Well, ditch the spin then. Like, honestly, if they love spin and they absolutely love it, then yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with it. And that kind of thing, but yeah, you're right. It's it's like people get offended a little bit too easy. If you, like if you're the expert, yeah, you don't have to be the biggest expert in the world. But if, if we're taking you as the expert, then if you if you're telling them some advice, then it's 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 for your benefit. It's like yeah. it's not for me to try and call out spin or zumba. It's not like I've got a vendetta against them. It's like I get it all the time on my social media. I'll say that if I say something's like, don't bother with it. And they're like, well, what about this? What about what about spin? Saying like, well, it's good for this, this, and this. Like, I'm a running coach. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a health, I'm not a health coach kind of thing. Most folk they go to spin, they're cycling the bike. Look, they're cycling on a cloud though. Anyway, man, they're just in there freewheeling as hard as they can for like forty-five yeah, well, minutes. Why do you go to spin? Yeah, well, most it's, yeah for fit or whatever. But most people, it's because they're trying to lose weight. It's like, well. I can I can tell you how to lose weight a lot easier than just fucking sitting on that spin bike for an hour. Yeah. It doesn't involve doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything. It's, it's all messed up. But if, when it comes to when it comes to running, it's like look, well, rule one is we need to maximise your running. Yeah. Um, and people are too scared of doing the strength work, too scared of doing all that stuff. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to come on to the next part there, like. When, um, what would you say to someone that's like to focus on if they were starting off with running, what would you tell them to? Cause I, I know that because you said resistance training there. And for yeah. me, like, like what I just tell everyone to do now is like, keep it basic, but like definitely involve resistance training. Cause they need to most, I always describe like, I remember last year, last year, year before me and my boot camp done the Glasgow 10 K and a guy ran past, it was like, I was waiting on my clients at the finish line and my members and that. And a guy ran past and he looked in pain. He was just like this guy, it looked like being for a big weight loss journey. And he just had no muscle at all. And he looked like what I can only describe as a bag of temp, temp pegs being thrown across the line, like every joint. And I was like, that guy needs to resistance train. Like that's the only, like, and people don't understand that when you do this, if you do a movement like a hip thrust, a split squat, a Romanian deadlift, where you extend your hip, that is what you are repetitively doing when you run. And you're just going to get better. You're going to be more optimal. You're going to be faster. You're going to be stronger when you run. And it's that simple. You just need to practice that movement, but with resistance on it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and like when I got even at, like I was still young enough to be at twenty odd and everything. I started running a lot and a lot and a lot. I was still young enough then to be like resilient to injury and stuff like this. But like as as time goes on, you realise just how important it is. You pick up injuries and as like as a coach you learn why it's an injury it's not because i tripped over a grid it's because 
like the training load matched with the weaknesses and things like this. So it's like nobody wants, if you love running, it just makes sense that we keep you, and it's not about being the strongest in the gym. It's not even being about the strongest that you can be. It's just for, like me as a running coach, it's like I need you to be strong enough to do the stuff that you want to do. It's that, yeah. it's that kind of simple. And that, and that doesn't mean like stood swinging a kettlebell. Yeah. Although that might be great for them or whatever. And I like kettlebell sessions. I think they can be a great tool. It's like, you need to do some simple movements. Like you say, it's like, it's not difficult to build in like calf raises, <laughs> split squat. Like if you can't, if you don't want to back squat and stuff like that, why can't you split squat? Why can't you do the hip thrusts? Like these things can be done at home and RDL and all this stuff. Um, like you're saying, it's like four or five movements, 15, 20 minutes, two or three times a week. Yeah. Because the other, the other option is, yeah, of course you'd probably like them to do a little bit more, but, and that kind of thing, but it's got to be realistic as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I would say to everyone, like, I might like keep it as simple as picking yeah. four exercises and going to the gym and doing that one or two times a week. Yeah. Optimally you would want do, to try and have to. Like I do a session on zoom now for the group and it's on a Saturday morning and it's 40 minutes long. It's like 30 minutes of stuff, and then I answer, ask question, answer questions about 10 yeah. minutes. And some people are like, why is it, I'm not getting out of bed for 30 minutes. I'm like, I know. If it was an hour, you wouldn't fucking do it. I know. It's like, See, mate, yeah. This is the thing that people do, and it bugs me, when they, they base exercise on duration. And in the, I know yeah. the reasoning behind that. It's because it's they know that calendar, right? cal- <laughs> more calories will be burned in a longer session. Uh, well, yeah, well, and, and it's, it's, well, it's PT's fault. It's like personal training because it fits our calendars, doesn't it? It's yeah. like 9 to 10, 10 to 11, whatever. It's just, it just fits nicely on a calendar. It's like, yeah. why does it need to be an hour? I've been on, I've done ses- strength sessions for now. It's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Kind of so it doesn't need to be much. Get other people to do that is not going to, it's not going to work. It's different, it, you know, if you've got all the time in the world and you're chilling out in the gym and you can do your sets and, and all this stuff. But in reality, it's, it's what can, what can I, if you can't, like, if I, t- can you tell me you can do this for the next six weeks every week? Probably not. Then we need to change it. Whether that's yeah. 10 minutes, I don't care. Just do yeah. calf raises yeah. on Monday. Just do some split squats on Wednesday. Cause you've yeah. got to start yeah. somewhere. Um, no, Once you yeah. see a bit of strength come on, then you might up it to 30 minutes. You might actually enjoy it a bit more because you're not like so weak. That was how it happened for me. I wasn't, although I was working in the gym and everything, it wasn't like I was not from the same background. I wasn't from a strength background, but I had to make myself, I had to learn about all that stuff because I was starting to break down. I was starting to get fatigue. I was starting, yeah, I just wasn't strong. Like I said, I wasn't fit for purpose, basically. Yeah, I just like see from all my sort of years of like coaching people through like strength and all that now and, and running myself and training that way myself. I can't really put it into words, but I just get it. And it's amazing when I watch, I can actually see people when they've maybe I've been doing like a lot of leg work where they're now hip thrusting over 100 kilograms and maybe they weigh like 80, 60, whatever. And I look at the way they walk and the, the walk and everything is different to what they, they were eight weeks before. So how much is that going to reflect in your running? You're not going to have low back pain, tight hamstrings because they're trying to do all the work. And that's, you always, it's the, mo- the like with running, it's, it's just, you need to make sure that your glutes are strong. You need to make sure that you structure your body is like, it's got like, it's, it's strong because if you're weak, yeah. it's going to reflect. You're going to be in pain. You're going to be like, the statistics showed that if you are a consistent runner, something like the chances of picking up a, an injury in a year is like 70%. It's, it's as high as that. But, 
people think it's stretching off and I'm not saying it, it's stretching off is actually showing pre or post run to show zero impact mm-hmm. to actually benefit in the run. So see if you see folk doing the classic holding the heel up to the bum. In fact, now it's like pretty, it's pretty certain that it's, it affects performance. Yeah. Stretching. Yeah. It's like, not once in my life have I given anyone some stretching yet. Yeah, if it's like, if it's physio treatment or something like that, but it's like people that's it's the path of least resistance it's like people are conditioned to oh we need to do my stretches i need to do my foam rolling it's like you're deluded yeah i know it's not gonna if you sit in a chair all day like a few leg swings aren't gonna help you if you want to go and run 10k faster and faster and faster that kind of thing yeah and so it's like you said and then people love to complicate things so strength training maybe it's partly our fault as coaches how we word things or whatever but people are either scared of doing it or they think they haven't got the time or they try and make it too complicated it's like how many reps and sets should i be doing what what exercise should they'll just they'll, like, they'll lose the sight of the now? principles yeah what are you doing now nothing like well <laughs> so forget i i like it's, it's not frustration because it's essentially your job but like if, if I'm on Instagram and I like I've got the I've got like a squat rack or like a power cage thing in the gym and stuff and I'll mess around in, in there and I'll and I'll show people me doing a couple of back squats or whatever. I know that people are going to ask me how heavy is that? How many reps? How many sets? And things like that. And then they're expecting you to to give you an answer and they'll go and do it. It's like it doesn't matter what I'm doing for one yeah. kind of thing. It's like just go and do something. That's amazing. Yeah, it's the it's people lose sight of the, they're getting so caught up in the tools. It's like the thing with the watches we were talking about. People get caught on that. And um, yeah. other than like resistance training, what other sort of tips would you get give someone that's getting into running? Um, yeah, just go back to a little bit like that saying that I like to say. Like I try and run at home. You'd like don't overestimate what you can do in the short term. Don't underestimate what you can do in the long term. It's just about being consistent. Whether that's a couple of walks a week along with your running, whatever it is, it's, it's like, have a reason to have a, don't rely on motivation. Don't rely on willpower. It, ha- it has to be a habit. So it's to plan ahead. It's not about needing a coach. And I don't think everyone needs a coach, but you do definitely need to plan it the same as you would plan. Like I've got the planner downstairs. I'm the only one in the house with one. And I need my wife to tell me what I'm doing every day as in yeah. taking the kids or whatever. Yeah. So if I don't, things won't get done. So if you don't plan your 30 minute run, even if you think it's only 30 minutes and it's pissing down outside and it's dark and it's cold, then you won't do it. Um, but mate, we, see when people do it in other terms, like people put so much effort into planning nights away because yeah. it's like, do you know what I mean? And I'm not, I love a night away. Like I'm not saying I don't do that. I'm a personal trainer. I'm meaning like, <laughs> but when it's like for something like that, people are surprised when you're like, you need to sit on a Sunday and map your week out. You need to, think about where you want to be in four weeks and people are looking at you like yeah. what do you mean i've been going to but this is what i mean like people are comparing everything against the low tier shit like do you i mean yeah. weight watchers probably don't tell you to sit and plan your like how many steps you're going to do in the week on a sunday like do you know I mean like yeah. curves or whatever they don't tell you that you should be having a short term and medium uh, a short mid-term and long-term goal that you should be applying progressive overload they're just telling yeah. you to go and get a sweat on but that's and it's why we are we've got so many people in these confused positions because they listen to the bottom tier stuff and you're like mm. 
when something involves you got more planning, like, oh, that seems like a bit of effort. And you're like, it's not. It's just you need to build good habits. So I think that's a, a solid one there, mate. Um, one of the ones I, I think, wanted to... Sorry, go on. No, sorry, right, mate. I was going to jump onto the next part. Anyway, what were you saying? Just like what I've realised over in the last few years as well with like advice for beginners, like it, it's almost changed a little bit because when I got into the running, like I say, there wasn't Instagram and stuff like this. And I, I did a talk at the National Running Show and it was like a light bulb went off. Every single person that was at my talk, it was aimed at like beginners and things like this for ultras. They'd gone into running with social media bombarding them and the social media by like influencers and people giving out advice and people showing them their runs and how amazing they are and things like this so it's like they haven't had the chance to just learn by themselves with no yeah. pressure and all that kind of thing so if you're not that kind of person that can ignore it then you almost just just on instagram follow people that have got nothing to do with running if we're just talking running because it's just not on it's not on the best way to start out especially when you're at the beginning um of whatever you want to do i think like i don't particularly follow that many runners <laughs> but yeah. then a lot of people like i love running so i'm gonna follow all these people and everyone's a coach everyone's an athlete on there and things like this and, and you've got to think if their actual bio was what it really was it would say like dave isn't a runner or an athlete he's working at the council for 60 hours a week and, and then he's going to do his runs and all you see is his run or whatever yeah, yeah. um so it's just it's just it's basically just relaxing a little bit about it as well yeah yeah just focusing on your own journey and you just see it come along and blossom as it goes yeah um so one of the things i want i've been asking most coaches that come on the podcast is like what's been your sort of biggest lessons uh biggest lessons since lockdown like because obviously are you in wales are you using the lockdown again We've just come out. Um, we had two weeks of lockdown and I yeah. was finished last Thursday. Yeah, so yeah, I've been out a few days now, yeah. What's been, what's been your sort of... Bit? It's no different. It's like it's <laughs> about the people in my village, oh, it like tops. Um, yeah, so it's no different. <laughs> See, any, Gary, anyone that I've like ever met, like, I met a lot of people when I worked in England, like they were in the forces that were from Wales. And it was like everyone that lives in Wales leaves when they're young. <laughs> Like, see, you yeah. said, like, no one ever seems to go, I'm going to stay here. I feel like everyone yeah. just leaves. And well, then they a bit more to the hills, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just always the same. Um, but what's been your sort of biggest, like, lesson since that? Like, like, it's been really, like, it's been really positive, actually, because, like, I'll be, like, I'm not one for the news or anything like that. I'll be honest. Like, I've not watched the news since I was a kid when my dad used to force me to watch it kind of thing. It just doesn't, I've been self-employed since I was 20. So it doesn't, it's selfish to a point, but I don't, I don't need to watch the news. I get the yeah, rules originally, um, but I don't need to watch the news kind of thing. Yeah. So, but what was happening is like my wife's a teacher. So she was coming home with all these different anxieties and worries and things like this. So it's quite quickly, it's like, right, well, she's got a complete, and she's got a head screwed on. She's not a warrior usually, but she had a complete different perception of this thing than me. Yeah, because I'm just at home in my little village. I work at home, walk the dog, go for my run. And then, but she was coming home with all these stresses. And then when you go into the group, like it's an online group, they're coming into it with all these stresses. So I just had to learn quick. And I think, look, luckily for me, like I've done all this work for years and years and years on like personal development and, and yeah, mindset and all this stuff. 
So I just started to help them a bit more. I was a bit more confident to share stuff like who's anxious, who's worried and things like this. I'm going to share with you some stuff that I've done in the past. I'm not telling everyone I'm an expert, but it went really well. And it just turned into more like we did these days where it was like lunchtime coffees or something. So didn't I said, right, I'm going to be on Zoom one o'clock on Wednesday. I, this is no one knew what Zoom was, did they? But I'll go on Zoom. That's, the kids were at home as well. So I'm sat in the garage and whoever wants to turn up, they can just turn up and that kind of stuff. So it just, it just really realized that like the, my coaching style and my group, yeah, we lost people naturally because of, it's going to happen. Because that's just the way of the world. But then people started coming in as well because it was, it was just more than the running club, which you don't want to sound too cheesy about it, do you? But like, hopefully then, then it was a positive thing. It made me step up a bit more and learn some new stuff. I had to learn new stuff about like the Zoom and how to coach people on here and things like that. So yeah, I'm quite positive in business usually. And that's come from my own mentor and stuff. It was like, right, this is not an opportunity to like take advantage of. This is an opportunity to step up and, and just don't be one of the ones that just have a meltdown because, because that could quite easily happen, couldn't it? I think it could. Yeah. I think that I was totally the same and it done a lot for my business that I've taken away. And as you said, like yeah. I was doing a live workout. I done, I think I was doing like seven or eight a week and they were like, and I would finish some, two of them off of a Q and A. Then I was doing a seminar. Then I was doing a Friday night quiz and stuff. And it, I, I really like, like, drove that sort of community side of it and you, and that's what like a lot of my members that were that are still part of my boot camp now i had people from like england and i had i even had someone from i have someone from australia tuned in yeah and yeah. Then, like um in the group and stuff and it was i had americans in it and stuff that i used to work with and and people were saying the people that stuck around were saying that was like my lifeline throughout lockdown yeah. and i was like that's amazing like that that was that group yeah. that I just pulled out of thin air and put together. And now it's something that I do. Like I post in the group every day still. I do lives mm. every week to talk to folk because I realized that it was a crucial part that I was missing from my business. Um, yeah. And it's now like a big thing. And some people like, yeah, they join my boot camp and they're like, Chris, I'm not even that interested in online stuff. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. But I know there's a lot of people that take a lot of value from it. So it's it's been an yeah. eye opener for me there as well. But um, yeah, like that's... Like it's, you can... It is like the perception of things. It's like there's there's a lot. You it's like I've been talking, but it's same with when people get injured. Yeah, like I have this a lot because it's like you have to shift away from what you, people just focus on what they can't do. That's been the same with this bloody virus and lockdown. All you hear is what you can't do. What all people talk about is what you can't do. It's like and it's the same when I'm injured. I can't do this. Can't do this. Can't do this. It's like well, what can you do? Yeah. So it's. Again, you just shift it slightly. So it's like, what can we do this week kind of thing? Yeah. So, so if you're talking injury, what can we do this week? Can you cycle? Can you swim or whatever? Yeah. And then it was just the same in the group. It was, and because it was, it's probably like yours. It's a private group. It's not like a free for all. I locked the doors, no new members. It was like, right, I'm just here for you lot for the next two months or whatever. Um, and yeah, it was like, what can we do this week? What like every Monday it was like, what can I do for you this week that might make things easier? We didn't even do much running stuff, if I'm honest. We did like they, they, there were people either training like a full time athlete because they were on furlough or whatever, or they'd gone completely the other way, and it was just about them feeling a bit better today. Yeah, they just completely lost. 
Definitely. Um, yeah. I totally agree with that. That's exactly how I felt as well. And I think a lot of the other coaches I've spoken to, it was the same. But um, I think, like... There were some guys I know in Glasgow, right? And there's two, there two people I know that when, when we got, originally got locked down, one of them, they both run gyms, right? One of them shut their business down, yeah? Didn't ask the members of anything. They just completely shut it down, cancelled their memberships and things like this. And the other guys were doing sessions on the roof of their gym because they weren't allowed in the gym, yeah? And they finished lockdown with almost double the amount of members, because they hadn't been going that long, almost double the amount of members than, than they had before lockdown, yeah? yeah? They both had the same tools, the same whatever. That was just, I feel really sorry for the guy who did it, but shut it all down. But that just shows you what someone's mental state can do. It's, like, it's, it's crazy. Everyone has the same, you have the exact same tools, you have the exact same <laughs> social media, you have the same things. And there was there was PTs in my gym and that, and there was one of them that I said, like it was two weeks before I was setting up, and he's like, I was like, oh, what's your plans? And they're like, oh, I don't do the full home workouts thing. And I was like, I don't think it, I think like it doesn't, it goes beyond like what you don't do. I think like you, you have a right. If you've got 30 clients, like, you're, their, you're their coach. You need to make them feel good. And if that means yeah. setting up a timetable to check in with them each week in a group, putting on a pub quiz and, and maybe doing a few live workouts, that's what you need to do. And I think a lot of coaches yeah. and a lot of people like, and I do feel bad for them because some people like obviously, like you don't know as well, like, that guy might have had financial strain that he knew that having the gym closed for one month he couldn't even they couldn't even sustain it. But at the same time, there was a lot of people that just they focused on what they couldn't control. Like you, yeah. you couldn't like you couldn't control like uh, Boris Johnson's decision. You couldn't control the the rate of, the R rate of this, the virus. The only thing we could control was we proved that social distancing worked. And in order to do that, the gyms can't be open. So you're going to have to adapt. And a lot of people they did, and a lot of people sank. And it's a shame because they're they're now in a position where you're in gyms now. And PTs are like not busy, but a few PTs have said to me, "Do you think this is a bad time?" And I'm like, "If you keep telling yourself it's a bad time, it will be a bad time." But right now, it's actually a really good time because a lot of people maybe do want to get into fitness, they want to get into running, they want to get into lifting weights, and I think the other thing is it'll end. It lends. You can't just sit on your hands now. It's like even if you've got zero clients, yeah. Like we've all been there. I remember like. <laughs> Like my first week on a gym floor, I'd, I'd just I'd broken both my elbows in a, in a race. So like, so, like, going into the new job with broken oh. elbows, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, not ideal for getting clients in the gym, is it, kind of thing. And it's not that everyone should be just that kind of way, thinking that way. But, yeah, it's, if you just sit on your hands, like, what are you doing? Are you, are you, are you building a bit more presence? Are you, are you sending emails out? Are you getting an email list together? Are you setting up stuff for further down the line? Or, or anything like that um yeah it's just there's lots of things we can do a lot of the time it's just it's like it's that perception of things yeah um, i think that's when we talk about mindset this is what it's all about it's being able to adapt when something's thrown at you but um mm-hmm. no, so on that note um i think we'll finish it off there because we've went there's a few things we missed out but i don't want to keep it going on forever man because i could keep talking about all these different things gary but i always try and keep because you know See a podcast. I have never finished a Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I do listen to them. Yeah, a lot of them. But you go out and yeah. take long runs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say sometimes I quite like them. I'll set them up on the longer runs or whatever, and or I'll break them into two. Yeah, but it, yeah, 
is but that yeah, if we were sat here drinking and smoking weed then it's a bit easier isn't it? yeah yeah take mushrooms and that's a bit different i don't know how that would go down on a fitness podcast but everyone would probably love it now man everyone loves a bit of controversy yeah, right. but um yeah, yeah mate so is there anything you would like to add in gary like your uh, instagram handle for a follow or anything about your business or that anything at all you'd like to plug in yeah cheers mate just um yeah easiest on instagram gary house underscore i think it is um the website's www.therunstrongclub.com uh yeah but you're best looking at instagram first <laughs> so you dive in there yeah. yeah get a few um, get a feel for the coach yeah 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 no nah. Well, awesome to have you on, mate. And um, guys, if you are tuning in, make sure you tag both me and Gary in your stories and you screenshot it to share the message as well so we can get that out there as well. But um, thank you very much, mate. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I'll catch you in a bit. Thank you, mate. Yeah.